Annex Wealth Management SWAT Podcast. It's episode 57, Monday, June 26. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Insight and perspective from members of the Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee. With us today, Trevor Nargis, Senior Trader. Hello. Morning, Danny. And we got Todd Voigt, Chief Investment Strategist. Good morning. Well, I can kick it off and thank all our listeners for coming back week after week. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend, colleague, or family member. We really enjoy making these podcasts and, and having you listen in. So anyway, upcoming uh, data this week, we have Tuesday's uh, housing week again, and we got building permits, new home sales coming in, and new home sales actually after peaking in July of 2020, troughed in July of 22. Trend is, is rising again since existing home sales are dead uh, for obvious reasons. Building permits confirm this trend. We also have consumer confidence that same day, uh, trending lower, but is expected to tick up this week to 103. Consumer confidence, consumer sentiment sometimes get confused, but um, they tend to be positively correlated. Consumer confidence, more labor oriented in my opinion. Thursday pending home sales plunged uh, October 21 through November of 2022. Looks to be turning around. Home building stocks never missed a beat, maintain a positive momentum we see uh, in those holdings we have. Friday, final GDP for Q1. No surprise here, GDP after being revised last month should finish at 1.6% growth for the first quarter. That's the final for the first quarter because every month we have a GDP report and the three months following quarter end are for that previous quarter. So it is a bit lagging, but isn't all data lagging in a way? Atlanta GDP now is expected to show growth of 1.9% when reported at the end of the month in July. End of July is our first look at second quarter GDP. Get August-September GDP reports. That's where corporate profits are in for the broader economy. Important distinction there is the public and private companies are included in that. It's like a broader look at corporate profits versus just the corporate profits of the S&P 500. We're largely driven by big names like Apple, which accounted for 20% of earnings growth in the first quarter. So it's a really good, and it is, like like I said, all lagging, but you discern a trend from that, and you can also see the connection to the markets. The obvious connection is between the markets and the economy is corporate profits. So look for that end of August. I, wanna, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Trevor, why don't you take over with strengths? Yeah, let's start off here, right? The, I think one of the first things that we really wanted to touch on is that overall, the global unemployment has been relatively low, kind of the lowest levels that we've seen in the past couple of decades. And broader inflation trends are down too. So from a strength standpoint, you know, you hear all this negative talk of going into recession, how things are slowing and whatnot. And while that might be the case so far, you know, Todd said is an all data lagging in a sense, but so far that lagging data, right, the global economy has been pretty strong. S&P set a low of 35.77 back in October is up 20%. That's you know been declared we're in a new bull market, but you could certainly have a, a bear rally. They call it in a, in a uh, bear market rally here. A rebound off of 20% doesn't get you back to break even, and you need the participation of small caps, which are still far from there. And we've talked about that before. I don't want to uh, beat a dead horse there, but I'd be careful with the we're in a new bull market because you need a lot of other factors to kick in to give you a sustained bull market rally. And we don't have that, in my opinion, right now. We haven't really seen small caps kind of move along the way that we've kind of needed the, them to with large caps. You know, you look at small caps relative to large caps, small caps relative to the NASDAQ, those things got nearly back down to their 
COVID lows if you're using, you know, something like the Russell 2000 versus versus the NASDAQ 100. So definitely need to see that start turning a little more. I but, might add real quick that small caps are more cyclical work. S&P 500 market weighted is more tech influenced. So small cap participation gives you a real indication of what's going on and where the economy's going or expected to go. Speaking of economy, right, the global economy as a whole has been doing better in the first half of this year with PMI still hanging around 50. Yeah, it's expected uh, stronger than expected economic data. Corporate earnings uh, allowed allowed equity markets to perform quite well as inflation labor markets have uh, continued uh, to cool. Outlook remains a little precarious, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, Credit conditions are tightening in response to regional bank turmoil. So let's kind of use that point then and kind of pivot into some of the weaknesses that we're seeing here. Todd, what are you seeing from kind of a global economic standpoint right now? The global economies are going through this tightening phase. Uh, a whole bunch of uh, central banks raised rates in the last few weeks from the UK, New Zealand to, to Australia, Canada. Most of the Western countries have raised rates a half a point on average. And that's making a statement uh, of trying to contain inflation because it's been sticky. Silver lining on that is that we probably are nearing the end of that rate hike cycle, which will benefit stocks, certainly. But to coincide with already these rate hikes in the midst of PMIs coming in weaker, now they're still above 50, this sort of break even between expansion and contraction, but they're, they're raising rates in the midst of, of a weakening manufacturing PMI numbers. China rebounds weaker than expected. Big one is U.S. productivity plunging. Wage rates are rising. So you got this mini stagflation thing going on in the U.S. And, and, and labor productivity long term leads to higher standards of living and lower inflation. Well, if you got plunging productivity, it has an implication for inflation rates going forward. Yeah, it definitely does make it tough, right? Especially with the fact that inflation has been, especially those sticky components of inflation, those really have been just that sticky, right? Mm-hmm. The kind of more flexible prices, we've seen those start to move, but you know, things like rent and whatnot, those have kind of stayed up there. So we'll have to continue to monitor that and see how that goes. But one other thing to mention as well, as far as weaknesses are concerned, I feel like it's pretty well known by nearly everyone paying somewhat close attention to markets nowadays, but that 210 yield curve continues to just be extremely inverted. You talk about an absolute inversion, just the differential between the two rates, but also Todd, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past is the relative inversion, right? What is the two-year divided by the 10-year? Exactly. And that's that's at a high, the highest level pre-recessions of all these peaks in the, in the inversion. And you might say, well, the, in- the economy is less interest rate sensitive, or these industries are less interest rate sensitive. Well, when you're at extreme, it counts for something. So there, you know there's pressure on equity prices in the economy and this potential for recession. And that one is, is just sticking out there right in your face, sort to speak. Opportunities, you want to mention anything there? So let's start with rate hikes around the world, right? It points to two things, maybe getting some higher yields on bonds in an environment where people are chasing yield, obviously somewhat opportunistic, right? People might realize that they don't need to be as aggressive as they once were with just, you know, the phrase, there is no alternative and rolling into stocks as opposed to bonds. So definitely some opportunity for people to obtain higher yields there while maybe not necessarily being as risk on as they have been in prior cycles add on to that is real rates are higher if inflation's trending down 
And you could add even a third, a close, we're closer to the end of that rate hike regime. Might add uh, some other opportunities that we see in a screening and companies coming down that have value and momentum, combina- great combination in, in terms of screening selection criteria. Nat gas prices are low, demand may pick up on a not-so-mild winter that we, you know, we in, in the U.S. and Europe uh, have been lucky to, to get through. But you'll see an increase in nat- natural gas equity shares probably August, September, as they foresee this coming winter. So that, that's an opportunity there. You know, we can't go on in opportunities without mentioning Russia. You know, we saw, you know, that, that's, a, <laughs> that's a big, you look at me kind of funny there. Big question mark is, is it good or bad? You know, all these uncertain times start presenting opportunities since we're in that category. And the opportunity is one where you might get a resolution to this Ukraine conflict sooner than later. And that opens up grain markets. It opens up energy markets, uh, especially to Europe and so forth. And that might bring down those costs of ag prices and energy. So it bodes well for European equities, to say the least. So in terms of opportunities, the mutiny, and I, I don't know if many people know the difference between mutiny and a coup. But, you know, a coup is obviously you're overthrowing the government and, and re, you know, replacing it and, and so forth. A mutiny is just a, a lack of discipline and rebellion. So that is might present an opportunity. Emerging markets are ahead of us is in the developed market world in terms of uh, rate hikes are, in fact, starting to, to lower rates. You know, we got a lot of opportunities. We do have a lot of opportunities. And I want to give you time to discuss kind of our next point here. But the thing that I'll add on as far as, you know, European and emerging market equities is we, we've said this before, but I'll say it again, is the relative valuations compared to the U.S. as well. Quite an interesting case for European equities. And again, you know, you've had this conversation over the past cycle more or less, right? 10, 15 years of, oh, well, EM and, you know, international have continued to look cheap and they continue to get it cheaper. And now we've actually seen that kind of turn, call it the past year and a half, we've actually seen European equities outperform U.S. equities. And the valuation components make it pretty interesting as well. Another opportunity, the options market and the cheapness of options right now with the VIX where it is versus what the market's doing. If you're one of those that are concerned about the market in the past and can't when the market's going down and so forth. That's something to start talking about now when you got this rally. Because the, the S&P is what everybody focuses on. The market-weighted S&P led by tech, well, that obviously doesn't go up in a straight line, reverses itself. So in anticipation of that, that's when you do something about it, not after the fact. The last uh, opportunity, speaking of that, and that tech heavily influenced S&P 500 is that in your own 401ks, current prospective clients can take advantage of that. And since we're still in opportunities, you say, well, like, like our core tactical allocations are underweighted U.S. equities. You can increase the weighting to U.S. equities by way of you call dollar cost averaging. You do that in your 401k. Go on your 401k tonight, look at it and say, well, I got stable value paying a pretty good yield. I've got bonds are safe to go into now, which, you know, after last year, bond funds and individual bonds are probably in the same sort of category. You can start, you can have a good, healthy allocation of that and then work into U.S. stocks. 
by way of maybe using that S&P 500 fund and work into that over the next 12 months. And so I think, and then you can go long in the international emerging market and bonds. So you're good with having regular positions in those types of funds in your 401k. I just wanted to throw that out there. Threats, we got to get moving here. Yeah. So let's start off with uh, one of the first items that we have down here. So one thing we've been looking at is the debt of junk rated companies, right? That has gotten quite expensive after the recent rally. And what's concerning there is that, you know, if earnings are likely to deteriorate in the event of an economic slowdown, you're probably going to see spreads start to open up, especially on those bonds that have moved quite a bit year to date. Guess I'll stay on an international theme that inflation remains entrenched the battle that central banks are waging against it are going, there's a threat that you really cause a deeper than anticipated recession. You know, you guys have mentioned, or we've, the investment team has mentioned in the past, the wall of debt and refinancing is coming up in the next couple of years by companies. It's really going to impact their earnings. Headline strength. The economy has been strong with global unemployment at its lowest in decades and broader inflation trends trending down. Headline weakness. Got U.S. productivity plunging while you got wage rates rising. Headline opportunity. Options cheap. If you're worried about the market, then make that change now. Headline threat. There could potentially be more pain on the horizon for lower quality companies as earnings maybe deteriorate. Annex Wealth Management SWAT Podcast. That's episode 57, Monday, June 26. Trevor Nargis, senior trader. Thanks. Thanks, Danny. Todd Voigt, chief investment strategist. Thank you. Thank you. Annex Wealth Management LLC is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect on those of Annex Wealth Management LLC. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice or a recommendation or a solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risk. Neither Annex Wealth Management LLC nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.